This is John Hewlin, founder of Relationships and Revenue. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with the Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to the Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of Relationships and Revenue, John Hewlin. He explains how it's not about electronic learning all the time, that we still have pen, paper, and books. John lets us know that one of the powers in a mastermind is the collection of the people. And John gets into how our online presence should match your in-person appearance. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do this, we have got the founder of Relationships and Revenue, John Hewlin. John, man, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it, man. Ready to be here to help and to serve any way I can. Absolutely. So we can either pronounce it John or Jean, whichever <laughs> way you want when you reach out to a little inside joke that we had before we uh, started recording this. But you know, John, when the listeners realize the value that you're bringing today and they want to reach out to you and work with you personally, professionally, and I should say you want to work with them personally, hey, head over onto the Success Finder app because John is one of the beta testers for the TSF coaches. You can find him there. But if they want to reach out to you personal or through social to learn more or work with you, what's the best way for that to happen? Best way for you guys to do that, it's pick a platform because I'm on pretty much all of them. And it's it's the same thing. You find me, it's at John Hewlin, H-U-L-E-N. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse. All of them, exactly the same. You can find me all those places. And it'll be in the show notes below. Also, his email address will be in the show notes below. Um, his address and phone number probably won't be, but hey, you never know. So let's, uh, let's dive into this. You know, the ability for us to learn and have access to people has really changed over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, it was textbooks, teachers. Yeah friends, family, our coworkers, the people around us. But the reality is that is a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Oh, gosh. I wouldn't say exactly that I've been forced to go the route of electronic learning, but that is what's most prevalent now. For me, honestly, Brandon, I love pen and paper to write stuff down, and I love having actual books in hand to write in, put notes in, highlight, that sort of thing. It's very tactile for me. And so I like that. But I don't use it exclusively. I use it in addition to the electronic learning I do. So for example, typically what I'll do is I will read a book and listen to it at the same time. It actually helps increase the amount of information I'm able to grab a hold of and keep in my memory bank because I'm doing both of those things at the same time. Yeah. And you and I, we talked about that, mm -hmm. about listening to an audio book and the speed that you listen to and how you can take that in. You remember that part of that conversation? I do. That was valuable enough to where I remembered it to implement it. So would you, would you simplify that for any of the listeners out there on that conversation? Sure, sure. Most people, when they're listening to an audio book, it's just kind of a leisurely listen. So you listen to it at normal speed. 
but if you want to essentially speed up what you're doing, do it at 1.5 times. Because if you increase it by 50% about how fast it's coming in, your ability to get through the book goes much, much faster. And it sounds a little higher pitched, but not like Alvin and the Chipmunks high. So <laughs> that to me is when you start to get two times or more higher it, and it gets a little annoying because I don't like hearing everybody sound like the Chipmunks. So, but uh, that's, that's how I like to listen to the book is at one and a half times that and reading at the same time. Again, I just helps me flow through it re- very, very quickly and then later I can go back and I can highlight and write things down, that sort of thing. Yeah, pro tip number one out of all the ones that we're going to listen to today. But I think sometimes the simplest things, like we, we complicate. Like when you hear that, you're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. But are you doing it? And, and that, that happens a lot on, on this show is like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so simple. That makes sense. But was I doing it? And the answer was no, I yeah. wasn't. But when you implement it, you're like, geez, man. How did I not see that coming? So, you know, I mean, taking in information that we're talking about, there's more ways to take it in than ever before. Like you just said, you're like, hey, find me on a platform. It's under, you know, John Hewlin. And, 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 I'm, and I'm all over the place. And, but to me, I think it can be confusing. Sure. The amount of information, all the platforms. Some people, they learn from an accountability buddy, some from a mastermind, a coach, an online course, lots of ways to learn. YouTube, university. Yeah. Who are you currently learning from and more importantly, how did you connect with them? Oh my gosh. Well, do I have to narrow it to one? Because <laughs> I, hey, this I, is your episode, man. Man, I am, I am a learner. That is, that is my thing. I, I am a lifelong learner. I loved Part of it is reading, which I've kind of talked about just a moment ago. So I learn most often from my reading and I'm, I'm going through book. I churn through two or three books a week. I mean, I'm, I funnel through them very quickly and that's mostly because there's something in there that I, that I know I need. And so I get it out, I extrapolate it, then I move on to the next thing. So gosh, who am I paying attention to? Not as much anymore, but I do to a certain extent. I listen to some of Gary Vee's stuff, some, but not that much. And honestly, if somebody hears this and you know, you're a huge Gary Vee fan, you're going to be mad at me when I say this, and I'm sorry. But one of the things you need to know about me is I am a communicator. I'm a speaker. I've been doing it for over 30 years. And Gary Vee's content is fantastic. His delivery is terrible. It is just horrible. He's a terrible speaker. And so, and he talks way too fast and it makes it hard for people to process what he's saying. I shouldn't have to rewind something four or five times inside of a minute to get everything he said. I just shouldn't have to do that. But leaving that aside, what he's saying is very helpful. Some other people that I'm paying attention to, uh, Lewis Howes, I pay attention to the things he says. There are other mediums, podcasts. Uh, Leadership is a very big thing for me. And so there are a few podcasts that I never missed. One of them is the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. It comes out once a month. It is the best thing I've ever heard on leadership. Now, I will tell you, some people may be turned off by the fact that he happens to be the lead pastor of the largest church in America. But when you listen to him talk about leadership and teamwork, very rarely does he mention his team and what he does. But the stuff he talks about, the concepts he talks about, solid, man. So helpful. Because it's one thing to lead a company of 750 to 1,000 people or more. It's different when nearly all of those people are volunteers. And that's what he's dealing with, are mostly volunteers. That's another level altogether, being able to do that. The other podcast, there are more, but these two in particular that I listen to every time it comes out, it's called the Read to Lead podcast by Jeff Brown. 
Jeff, based on the title, Read to Lead, he believes in order to be the best leader, you have to be a reader. And so the folks he brings on that he interviews are authors. And these, oh man, I have learned about and, and actually met so many fantastic people because of Jeff and what he's doing. So that's, yeah. so I'm learning from him, but also I'm learning from like Simon Sinek initially because of him. And gosh, I mean, there's just a litany of people. I mean, I could pull out over a dozen books off my bookshelf right now and tell you, I found out about these people and these books because of Jeff. Yeah. I mean, just fantastic. Now I could keep going and tell you about the resources and places that I'm learning from things. I mean, like on, on YouTube, typically when I'm on YouTube, I'm very targeted in the stuff that I'm watching. And so it's usually something that's related to my business. So I'll watch videos about how to make videos. I know that seems kind of odd, but you know, I, I'm trying to learn how to get better at it because I know the younger the audience, the more they're consuming their content via video. And so I want to get better at doing that and get better as a coach as I'm teaching others and instructing them on how to get better with their own personal brands. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you, you got to take it in from multiple sources. And I love that. And Gary V, I, someone brought up Gary V to me. It was like maybe two, two and a half years ago. And I'm like, I had no idea who Gary V was. It was like, I was living under a rock per se. And then I'm like, oh, okay, Gary V. You know, now, you know, now I, I, I hear a lot of that. And, you know, podcasts are amazing. And one of the people you mentioned, Simon Sinek, um, we had one of our uh, success finder coaches and someone who's been on the podcast, I'll leave them anonymous uh, because I don't think the the exact people are, the details of it are for public consumption yet, mm -hmm. but uh, did something with us through the podcast, mm. sent that episode over to Simon's group or Simon's brother, and now is looking to have some form of a partnership relationship or something that's going on. So I was like, nice. wow, that's super cool. Two degrees of separation from Simon Sinek and what he's, you know, what they're building over there. But that's awesome. Gosh, you just, you want to be an avid learner. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's better to be more interested than interesting. And, and you get that when you start taking in different sources of, of, of material and you realize always be a student. Oh yeah. Always be learning. And you were asking a moment ago about uh, coaches and masterminds. Yes, I am a part of masterminds, getting ready to start my own set of masterminds, some of in, in different fields, but masterminds nonetheless. And I have coaches of my own that coach yeah. me on different things. I have my own health coach. I have my own content and branding coach. I have my own business coach. I have my own relationship and personal coach. So I have my own coaches yeah, that I hold in high regard, very high esteem. The, these are people that essentially I've given permission to speak truth into my life because that's how I'm going to get better is when someone holds the mirror up to me. It's like, look, you say you want to get better in this area. Well, this is what it looks like now. Let's talk about where you say you want to go. That's a key there, where I say I want to go and what it's going to take to get there. Now, I don't know about you, but the best coaches to me are the ones who are helping guide us in the direction we say we want to go. But what ends up happening many times is we discover where we thought we wanted to go is not where we need to go. We end up discovering someplace else. And so they help gently redirect us that way. They yeah. didn't tell us where we needed to go, even though they already knew it. They allowed us to be able to figure it out because that's when it sticks. That's when it becomes ours. Yeah. They're, they're, they're being more helpful. They want to be more helpful than right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And unbedazzle the bridge, you know, get rid of the noise, <laughs> find the signal. You're like, okay, where are we currently? 
where do I want to go? What is the shortest path there? And along the way, you're going to have the noise. You got to cut that out because sometimes the noise is us. Sometimes it's social. Sometimes it's whatever. Get rid of that noise. So you just keep finding that signal and, and nudging us along towards like, oh my gosh, it was there all along. They do. It's 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 nice redirection. Uh, and I, I think why that happens just as humans is we get stuck. Sometimes we get stuck in our own head. We can't see yeah. the picture through the frame. We can't see the tree through the forest. And, you know, with the world still going through a pandemic in, in some form of fashion, I think it's causing a reset and how we can accomplish things. Mm-hmm. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset, get unstuck, see the picture through the frame? How have masterminds helped you when it comes to that? Honestly, it's been the collection of people in the mastermind that's been the most helpful. And I say that, that's a very generic way of answering that, but more specifically, it's when it's the most helpful thing that I have found in masterminds. I mean, getting new information is great. Being on the hot seat is what's really helpful. Now, it's not comfortable being there, but when people from other perspectives and have had other experiences in their lives, some may be older, some may be younger, that's not really even the point. But the point is something totally different from mine might be able to see a slight I wouldn't even say it changed. It's like a nuance about something that I'm doing. It's like, have you thought about massaging it this way? Or just kind of, instead of straight ahead, maybe tilt just a little bit, just a hair this way. And it's like, makes all the difference in the world. It's almost like you won the lottery when stuff like that happens. It can be that revolutionary. And so yeah. it's just the, the preponderance of experiences and ideas that are expressed that I found so helpful. I love when you say experiences, you know, because that's the one of the opening lines is we learn from other people's experiences. It's the most powerful thing. And that's why the best mastermind facilitator and the people that, that they put together in a room, you're learning from their experiences. They can help you see around corners. They can help yes. you before you step in a landmine. You know, <laughs> we, we sit there and we celebrate when people dig themselves out of a hole. In a mastermind, what you can find is we also celebrate when people never dig themselves in that hole. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. you know we, we, why is it we're always celebrating that I fixed something? What can't we celebrate when, uh, when you didn't break it? Yeah. Like that's pretty a cool thought right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. And that's a mastermind. That's the power of a mastermind. That's why we have the mastermind effect. And, and, and that's why we work with Jean. Sorry, <laughs> I, I poke at you there. Love um, but that's why we work with people like John is they're the, they're, they're the result leaders, the activators, not the motivators. It's great to be motivated, but you want to be activated in how you can get those results. So no. Now, I can motivate. I can. That, that is a part of my personality and part of something I do, but that tends to not happen so much in the coaching. That happens more when I do my speaking. Yeah, but when you're speaking, you can motivate people by and activate them at the same time. Get them excited. But if, you, if you're on stage and you've gotten them all riled up and they're all like, and a day later, they're like, so tell me about John. And they're like, oh, I'm excited. So what are you going to do? I don't know. That's not John. That is the motivator only. But you have the activator with the motivator, the result leader over the thought leader. And that's absolutely, that's who we love working with. That's who we love talking to. You know, masterminds. That's one of the big reasons why we're here. You got, you got one coming up. And, uh, you know, the masterminds have probably been around for a while. If you think about it, the first one was probably the apostles. Not to get religious, but it was probably the apostles. And then let's fast forward like, you know, quite some time. Benjamin Franklin creates the Junto Club or the Leather Apron Club. Okay. And then Napoleon Hill writes a book, kind of rounds it out, you know, what a mastermind is. 
as there continues to be a huge boom in, in self-education, coaching, masterminds, mastermind-like events, mm-hmm. where do you see the parallels going between self-education mm-hmm. and standardized education, college, university? That is a very interesting question. And I have <laughs> very strong opinions about those kinds of things. So again, let me preface what I'm about to say with this. What I'm proposing is not for everyone. So just realize that it isn't. If you're someone who is planning on being a doctor, lawyer, engineer, we want you going to college. We want you getting a degree. I don't want to drive across a bridge from someone who didn't go to school. Sorry, I don't. However, most of us don't require what we know as a traditional college education. I'm not saying education is a waste because I don't believe that. I don't. But how many of us actually with our current position do something related to our field of study? Most of us don't. So my suggestion is this, or my thought process is this. There's something that, especially for someone who's much younger, if there's something you're interested or you happen to be good at, let's just, I'm just pulling this out of the air. Let's say you happen to be good at computers. It could be on the software side or the hardware side, doesn't really matter. In most major cities, there are these companies out there who you can go to them. It's like an eight-month program. And when you're done, you're like certified. You've got these companies waiting in line to hire you. Now, if you can imagine this being 18 years old, you are not quite a year past graduating from high school. You've basically spent or took a loan out the equivalent of one year of college. You're getting ready to be hired for 65 grand or more, still living at home, basically rent-free, and all you have to do is pay this back with this new job you just got. And that's not to say three years, five years down the road, you decide you want to go to college, fine. But most people don't need to do that. And so making opportunities, making ways for people to get better at what it is they think they want to do, we need more of that, not less of that. Let's make it as widely available as possible. That's why you know I'm doing things like creating a course for podcasters who are content experts, but have almost no training in public speaking. Ways to be able to help them get better at conveying this fantastic knowledge they have, but how they're doing it right now is kind of boring, honestly. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't. And it doesn't take that long to learn how to do it. You, you learn a few tips along the way, and then it's practice, practice, practice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why that's why I occasionally go back and listen to my very first episode of my podcast to see the progress I've made in how I do podcasts and what I sound like doing it. I mean, yeah. I, I cringe when I listen to it, <laughs> but it's it's good. It's at least like, like, look how much I've learned, how much better I'm getting. You got to have that baseline for what you're doing. Otherwise, you can't see the progress you're making. Yeah. I feel like you listen to like episode zero, episode one of mine, because in there, it's like, I think the title is my son doesn't have to go to college unless he wants to be a doctor, nurse, or engineer. He doesn't have to go to college. And I kind of, you know, get into that. And, and one of the points that you made, you gave the example of you want to get into computer technology, computer, whatever it is, Google University. And it's not really called Google University, but I read an article last year where Google's coming out with like, here's your one, three, six month, whatever the program is, here's what the price point is. And here's pretty much what we're guaranteeing that you're going to be able to come out of, you know, out of this program with. Mm-hmm. It's an alternative to something. And I think yeah. that's what the world, uh, it was already there. It was already needed. 
but the the glaring problems got exasperated, I think would be the word over the last 12 to 24 months in like the value of what things are. Like, do you want to walk out with a quarter million dollars in debt? Or more. <laughs> and a 45, yeah, or in a $45,000 a year paying job? Or do you want to go to the front of the line? Do you want the fast pass, you know, at Disney World? Unless you're not into Disney World, and I get that, not everyone is, but hey, who doesn't want to go to, who doesn't want the fast pass at Disney World? You know, talking about just people in general, uh, typically when someone invests in themselves, and I think the best investment in life is yourself above the stock market, above the housing market. I'm in both of those, but I can't control what the heck those things do. I can, in, in turn though, control what I do. So my ROI on myself, return on investment should be its highest. And that's why we should always invest in ourselves. What should someone expect when they enter John's reality and work with you through your mastermind or coaching? Well, one of the first things that people will find from me is that my online presence matches my in-person presence. There is no gap. There is no difference. I am the same person. I wish I could tell you that all the coaches I've ever met have been the same online as they were in person. They have not. For me, that's a big thing. That, that's about being truly authentic, who I am. Uh, another term could be real and raw, honestly. And I, I got that from a friend of mine. He just, he just doesn't like the word authenticity. He likes real and raw. So A lot of people I've been hearing, they're like, authentic, what's authentic? You know, but it's just being you. You be you. Right, exactly. About being myself. So you know, some other things that I bring to the table. Like I said, public speaking, I've been doing for 30 years. I've been coaching in a variety of forms for over 25 years. I have over 20 years of experience of being in business for myself, having started seven different companies from scratch, some of which have done well, others have not. And so while I do know some things to do right, I know a whole lot of things of what not to do. That's called learning, folks. That's called learning. Failing is learning, and that's a good thing. And so if someone works with me, I will push you probably beyond your limits at times or what you think your limits are. I'll maybe put it that way. And it will be very uncomfortable at times, not always, but at times, but it's always to help you get better. It's always, and, and my, my, my goal, my emphasis is always on you first. Even if we're doing business coaching together, you need to understand, I can't leave the personal side of it out because you go with you to business everywhere. And so if your home life is a wreck, your business can never be the best it's going to be. Never. You have to learn how to get great at relationships at home. Because when you do that, your business will take off in ways you never expected. And even if you work for someone else, there's still relationships you have at work, you know, and those can't be great if you don't know how to do it right at home. So that's, that's part of what people can expect. When it comes to masterminds, one of the things that I do a lot of is I bring people in that I know that are experts in a variety of areas. They are fantastic people, people I want you to know. I want you to become acquainted with. I want you to do business with. Because one of the things that's very important to my heart are entrepreneurs, because I've been one for so long. And since I have this abundancy mindset out there, I'm going to go beyond that. Actually, I don't think mindset's even a strong enough term. I'm going to take it deeper. I'm going to call it a belief set. So it's, it's a part of my core. Truly, it is. And so what I will do is I'm going to bring in these fantastic people that I want you to be in business with. I want you to hire them because they're going to make you better in a certain area. They're going to be able to do great things for you, many of whom will partner with you. And if it's something that you want to do with them together, they'll do that. Others, they'll do it for you, that kind of stuff. 
I kind of, I stay out of it once I connect you guys, but my job is to do the connecting, which I love doing. And so those are other things you can expect from me is that I bring in world-class people. I would never bring anyone, introduce anyone to a client that I would not introduce to my own mother ever. Because folks, when you do that, when you make that referral, your reputation goes with it. So when I make them, it's my reputation. And I can honestly tell you, in over 20 years of being in business for myself, I've had one referral go bad, only one. And when I found out about it, I went back to the person who didn't do what he said he was going to do. I forced him to do it, to give the money back. And then I cut off contact with him. Yeah. I don't play. Yeah. We're, we're a reflection of the people that we surround ourselves with. Absolutely. With who we refer. And, and, and I, you know, I don't take lightly who uh, gets referred not only to the platform, but also to the podcast, because it's a direct reflection on the vision, mission, vision, and values yeah. of, of what we're doing here. And the person that does the referring, and in this case, our good friend, Dave, yeah, Dave. He, he doesn't want that, 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 you know, blue checkbox, you know, the <laughs> proverbial blue checkbox right. to go away, nor do I want that for him. Like if he, if, if he sends you over to me and vice versa, like, if I mishandle it, then I'm no better than the next person. And, and we are our reputation and you can't, repairing your reputation, there are things that are out of our control. That's the reality. But to repair a reputation on something that was, that you had some, some say in and how it could have gone, it's a big thing right there. It's such is a, a big thing. And you'll find out that the degree of separation that we are to the people that are around us or the people we don't even know are around us yet. <laughs> so blessed small if you don't believe me hopefully at this point you've been listening long enough i guarantee you i know there's over seven billion people on this planet right the degree of separation in the world that you want to live in in that stratosphere that ecosystem mm -hmm. it's really small so oh, yeah take take note of that and be careful who you refer and who you surround yourself with so the people that you work with or that you refer out i'm sure from time to time they have a way of like just surprising us whether it's the grit the grind the willingness to learn I'd love to hear a success story. If you can use names and specific examples, that's great. But give us a success story of someone that went through your mastermind or your coaching program. And what was the outcome because of the room that, that you created? Okay. Well, I can, all right, I have someone in mind that I can use. This person hasn't given permission to use names. So I'm, I'm going to change his name only because some of what he does gets into some very sensitive things. And so that's why. This particular individual came to me for what he thought he needed was business coaching because his company was kind of plateaued at that at the point where he came to me. Uh, it, he, it's not like he wasn't doing well. He was, and his company was making six figures. They were doing fine. He had uh, he had a couple of employees at that point in him doing the work, and he came to me. He's just like, hey, you know, I really would like to help this thing grow. And as as I started to do so, a discovery session with him. I started hearing more and more about things that were going on at home. And without using the verbiage that I was using, essentially what he was saying was, my marriage is a disaster. It's a mess. We're never together. We don't do things. We have different schedules. You know, the kids are going crazy all over the place. We're constantly running back and forth doing stuff. We never have any time together. Then it was no wonder to me that when this madness started, that's when his company started to plateau. I mean, it was very clear to me what was going on. And I just, I just said, look, you know, at this point, you're going to have a decision to make. I said, but honestly, my recommendation to you is that if you want to work with me, we don't start on your business. We start at home. We start talking about the kind of person that you are at home. 
and what you're doing to be valuable at home, what you're doing to take things off of your wife's plate. And, and at that point, he wasn't doing anything. I mean, he basically came home, sat down for dinner, and then I mean, pretty much did nothing at that point. Really wasn't contributing to the family at all other than physically sitting. He was there, but not there, if you know what I mean. Not showing up. Oh, totally not showing up. And no one had said it to him that way before. I mean, his wife had expressed some concern about that. She had made mention of things like, you know, maybe we should consider counseling and that sort of thing. And of course, he rebuffed that totally, you know, which is kind of a guy thing to do. It just, it kind of is. Oh, you know, I'm a guy. I can handle it. I will get it figured out, that kind of thing. So it's called therapy for a reason. It's therapeutic, people. Oh, oh I know. I know. And, and we got into that. And, and that's one of the things that I told him. It's like, look, one of the things you need to understand about women is that I believe they were created with, for lack of a better term, a sixth sense. There are things that women can tell that men, we can't. We just won't get it. You need to pay attention to that. When she's saying things that are outside of what she normally says, pay attention. And so when she's saying things like, we need to go to therapy, you probably need to do that. So I highly encourage him. It's like, look, now he happened to be in the same area as me. And so I had... I had some connections there. It's like, look, I want just you to go and meet with this guy. I want you to meet with him, see if you like him, and then tell your wife what you did that you met with this guy and ask her if she'd be willing to go to one session with you together with him and see what happens. Well, he did that. First of all, she was blown away that he did it. I mean, easily. I mean, she didn't even, it took her less than half a second to agree to go. She didn't know when it was or anything. She's like, we'll figure it out. You know, and she, she, she called her mom immediately and it's like, mom, we're going to need you to watch the kids. When? I don't know yet. We're just going to need you to do it. And, you know, grandma's fine doing that. So they set up the appointment. Luckily, it was like within a week. They set up the appointment with this guy and, and she loved him. She loved the guy. And that was the beginning of some really great things for them as a couple. Now, I still continue to work with him on some other things that were not necessarily therapy related, but just some ways to get better as a man at home. I mean, one of the things I had him do because they had no such thing as a regular date night. That wasn't even in their vocabulary. It just wasn't. And so what I had him do, and I said, you need to talk to her and figure out what's going to work best for the two of you. But once you decide, you decide what day and how often. And for them, it was, they felt like they needed to do it every week. And they picked actually Friday afternoons. So he would finish up his day at work by lunchtime, come home. And while the kids were doing schoolwork, they would have a, a date afternoon together. And I said, when this is on your calendar, everything else in life, you plan around this. Everything. I'm talking about your work schedule. You plan around this. That's how important this is for your future. I said, if you want your company to be great, this is a building block. You have to do this. Yeah. And as the foundation, absolutely. And as he started to do that, he started to realize, let me back up before I get to the realization. Something else I made sure that he knew. It's like this now, this idea of this date day that you guys are doing, you own this now, not her. You own this because your job right now is to help her as much as possible, which means you're taking this off of her plate. She doesn't have to concern herself with this. You figure out what you're doing each week, where you're going, make sure the kids are properly taken care of. All she has to do is show up and look beautiful. That's it. That's her only job. That's what you do. 
And on top of that, I said, when you're together, you are not, not, not to talk about things like the bills. You don't talk about the kids. You don't talk about all the stuff that's coming up, all the errands you got to run. None of that stuff. You start talking to her about her hopes, her dreams. You start sharing with her from your heart. And I say, at first, it's going to be horrible. You're going to hate it because you're not used to it. But that is what she's dying for. She has been a wilting flower in your garden, and it is your fault. So let's do some things to fix that. The best thing you can do is to share what's going on with you. What are your hopes and dreams? Now, that's not to say that you can't talk about your business as it relates to future kinds of things, but definitely not in those first few times that you're going out. It needs to be more focused on you guys as a couple. Talk about things like, where do you want to be six months from now, a year from now, five years from now, that sort of thing. Start thinking about future plans for when the kids are gone. Because I reminded him, I was like, look, you don't want to think about it when your kids are younger, but really they're on loan. That's it. They're with you for a short little while and then they're gone. That's why you need to be emphasizing your relationship with your wife and not as much your relationship with your kids. Because when you put her in her proper place above the children, which she is, she's above the kids, they start to realize, you know what? The world does not revolve around me. And that's what more kids need. They need to know that the world is not all about them. It's not the kid show. No, absolutely not. It's like you're serving her. And by serving her, you are in turn serving your children at the same time. And we talk about other things about ways for him to have, you know, like these dates with his daughters and that sort of thing, which he hadn't been doing, which was huge. You know, doing things to create memories with his kids. I'm like, because he he felt bad over the years about not being able to be at stuff as much. And so, you know, he tried to shower them with stuff. I'm like, dude, they don't remember the stuff. They remember the time. That's right. The time you're spending with them. So create those for your kids. You know, if you want to spend some of the extra money, plan a trip, you know, with just one of your kids, you know, go away for a weekend with one of your kids with whatever it is that they want to do. And it's the two of you together. And they're going to love that. Absolutely love it. And they, and they have. So fast forward, as he started to get things figured out on the home front, and I would say it was, a, it was a tag team effort between me and the therapist, and he and I communicated back and forth, things we were seeing, all in confidentiality, of course. Now, there were some things the therapist could not tell me because the wife was involved and I wasn't coaching her. So there were definitely things he couldn't tell me, and that I didn't need to know. That's, I wasn't doing that to try and find stuff out. I I don't care. My goal was to help. That's what I cared about. And so, but see, this therapist, somebody I've known for a long time, so that wasn't an issue at all. But then as those things started to get better, I mean, we started working on some of the business stuff, but even before we got to that, he started making comments back to me. He's like, business is picking up a little bit. I'm like, really? Tell me more about that. And so he would tell me about, you know, meeting with potential clients and just, this wasn't his verbiage. This is what I'm saying. But when he was talking to them, it was like he was talking with a smile on his face, you know? And you can tell, even if you're on the phone, you can tell if somebody is excited about whatever it is that they're doing or talking about. So you can hear the smile in someone's voice. You can. And that's one of the things I think was coming across for him is he was genuinely excited about his business again because his home life was getting better so much better that it just totally impacted him, which in turn, he brought with him to work. It just oozed out of him and his employees saw it. And it's, in fact, he had one employee. This was kind of funny. It's like, I I have something I want to ask you, but I don't know how to ask without it seeming rude. 
And it's, and you know, this guy was really cool. He's like, you know what? You're in a safe place. The door shut. It's just us. Just ask me. He's like, has something happened with you recently? Cause you just seem happier. <laughs> and he's like, you know, the short answer to your question is yes. And I am happier. And he goes, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. That's, that's what the employee said. Yeah. Yeah. Which was fantastic. I- so, you know, it, eventually after working with him, I ended up working with him for about a year. His business ended up cre- increasing about 25% at the end of that year. And truly, he didn't start to see any significant sort of significant increase for at least six months. Not really. But, you know, I knew at a certain point where it, it was just kind of a, you know, you're kind of riding along with your kid who's used to having training wheels. And now you're kind of holding, holding, and eventually you kind of let him go. And that's what I did with him. He didn't need my coaching anymore. And I knew it. He wanted to keep going because I was essentially some training wheels for him. And I'm just like, look, you need to fly, man. I'm holding you back. You've got to fly now. Yeah. And that's, that's a key thing. And, you know, when, when a coach realizes, hey, I've served, uh, served you in the best way possible, and now it's time to, it's not saying that they're, it's time for them to level up or go, but like someone else is able to serve them at where they're at at that point, and that's okay. And, and, and to your point on P, uh, one of my uh, previous uh, bosses, I'm proudly unemployable now, and I have been for over a decade, <laughs> but they, they, they sat there. And they said, people can hear you smile. Nice. They just know that you're smiling on the phone. And the tonality of someone tells you everything. If you can understand how to communicate with someone over the phone that you've never met, you realize even in your personal life, before you wake up, if you smile before you open your eyes and you go look at that vibrating device to the next to you, which is your cell phone, Great. smile. Your day starts off differently. And, and so I appreciate you sharing that story because it's, a, it's, it's not only personal, but it's, it's, it's an emotional journey that you went on with someone else and it helped transform not only the foundation being their family, but then their business from there. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing when you can get that. I feel that when, when times are going well, it's easier to find those wins. It's like when the world's winning, those wins seem to come in just a little bit easier. But I think ingenuity and, and creativity come when we feel the squeeze. And the world is still feeling some form of a squeeze. So those wins just aren't coming in like they used to for some, you know, for, for a larger population. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Well, you've already mentioned uh, the mastermind. So that's something new that's starting for me that I will be doing. I'm getting more and more involved with Clubhouse. I foresee myself having my own club at some point in the not too distant future. I've been extremely excited about and and blessed to have met many different people on Clubhouse, literally from all over the world, and who are asking me to come on their stages to share my experience and my expertise with folks. And I do it every time I do it. I am so humbled that someone would even want me to be there. But, uh, you know, if I can help people in any way, you know, and after doing that, you know, I get these they're so kind. These so these people are so nice and just thanking me for things that I say on Clubhouse, things that have helped them. They've come back later and it's like, John, I heard that thing you talked about and I applied it to what I was doing and it made a huge difference. You know, I, I'm thinking specifically of an exercise that I take people through to help them try and figure out how to get a little bit of clarity to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. It's it's a it's a simple exercise, but it is not an easy exercise. If you understand what I'm saying there, there's definitely a big difference between those two things. Simple and easy. And that's, that's really usually how we, we leave it. So you're already segueing into like the last one, which is what's a tip, tactic, actionable item that if someone implements this over the next 30, 60, 90 days, 
they'd see a real impact on their personal or business life. Okay. Let me start with the business side, and then I'll move to the personal side. If, if you're a person who's struggling with figuring out, you know, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Or when it comes to your business, you feel like, let me be careful how I say this. If this sounds like you, this is an exercise for you. The people I'm trying to reach, I'm trying to reach women. Okay, folks, I can't refer anything to you if you tell me you're looking to serve women. I can't because it's not specific enough. It doesn't tell me how old the woman is. It doesn't tell me where she lives. I mean, I, I need more detail. And if, you, if that's all you give me, then you don't really know who you're serving. So let me help you figure out who that is very quickly. And here's the exercise. It's very simple. It's three questions to help you get that clarity. The first one is, what makes you mad? That's the first one. What makes you mad? Second question is, what breaks your heart? Third question is, what problem do you solve? Those three questions. When you answer those, and give those one more time. Okay. First one if is you don't mind. what makes you mad. Second question is what breaks your heart. Third question is what problem do you solve? So I can give an example if you want of that. So for instance, what makes me mad? One of the things that makes me mad is seeing business owners not be successful because they don't really know who they serve. They say they do, but when I ask them about it, I can't get a clear answer from them. What breaks my heart? The exact same thing because it doesn't have to be that way. And so what problem do I solve? I help business owners be able to narrow down who it is they serve. So rather than taking a shotgun approach to clients, they've got a rifle and they can hit that target every single time. Every time. It's not a spray and pray. It's a sniper rifle. Thank you. Even take that sniper rifle. That's right. So it's, it's helping you be able to get clarity. And folks, I will tell you this. Clarity comes one way, just one. Imperfect action is how you get clarity. Taking those small baby steps. And if you fail, who cares? You learned from that. You learned what not to do. Fail fast. That's right. And often. I mean, I ask my kids that all the time. How'd you fail today? Because- yeah. Fail forward. Yeah. Okay. To jump back into the education system for just a minute. Oh my gosh. It sets our kids up to not be successful in life in general, but specifically, it also conditions our children so that when they grow older to, I'm almost having to bite my tongue about how I say this, to almost be like a drone. It's just like, I'm, I am a worker person and that's all I do. And I, my job is to learn these things so I can go work for someone else. No, we want you to have a brain. We want you to think for yourself. That is an underrated skill thinking for yourself and being able to learn. That is so huge. Sorry, that was not at all what you asked, but <laughs> it fit there. For it, fits, it fits right there. And, and that's, that's what's important. You know, you want to fail fast. The definition of perfection means you never took off. Like, ouch, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the reality. It's like, you got to take off. Sometimes you don't have the wheels or the captain or a, a wing, if you want to use a plane analogy. And one of the wings might be on fire. But if you have the right people around you, they're going to help you see around those corners and they're going to help you take off. Right. Absolutely. Okay. You asked me one other thing, a, a personal way yeah. of, of improvement. So the ladies who are listening to this, what I'm going to suggest right now, this particular exercise, this is something that women, most women do naturally, but we as men do not. So it is a way for us as men to begin to get in touch with who we are on the inside. Okay. So it's, it's a journaling exercise. So this is something you're actually physically going to write out. 
all right? And this is a daily exercise. It's the exact same thing every day. It starts this way. You write down, today I feel. Cannot use words like good, great, or okay, because those are not specific. So for example, today I would say that I feel excited, and then you say why. I feel excited today because I knew I was going to be on the podcast with Brandon. So not only do you write down something that you're feeling for that day, take that same feeling, go back in time, try and remember the first time you felt that way mm. and write that down. And so, so the first time I remember feeling excited was when I was about mm, four years old and we were moving from our first house to what I called our first big house. And my parents let me help move. Basically, I got to carry a couple boxes, which is, you know, at four years old, what else? You, you can't do much, but other than be in the way. <laughs> at 40 years old, you don't want to carry the boxes. Exactly. Exactly. I get that. Totally. So, all right. So you're writing down today. I feel you're being specific. You're writing down the first time you remember feeling that way. Okay. And the next thing you write down, write down something you did well for the day, something you did well. If you can't think of anything else, now this has to be true, of course, you can write down that you brushed your teeth well. To put this in perspective for all of you listeners and viewers, I was in a very bad place. My marriage was a disaster at the point where I started this exercise. The first six months of me doing this exercise, the only thing I wrote down that I did well was that I brushed my teeth. First six months. Wow. I, it's, it's true, honestly. I was in such a bad place. All right, so you're gonna write down something you did well for the day. And then what you're going to do is, depending upon your background, if you happen to be a person of faith, go to your faith book and read a chapter in there and just write down anything that jumps off the page at you. If that isn't your thing, then an inspirational book for you, again, same thing, read a chapter, anything that jumps off the page, you write that down. You're just writing those things down. That's all you're doing. After you're done with that, for the faith-based person, write down a prayer for the day. For someone who is not, write out an inspirational thought for the day. So this, it's not a hard exercise to do. The purpose of it, why would you do that? The purpose of it is to begin to show you, you can feel things as a man other than I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm mad. And this isn't the first time you ever felt those things. And as you begin to figure that out, you also get to figure out, oh, you start to sense something coming up inside you, this feeling and it's like, okay, because anger, men, is a secondary emotion. It is not a primary emotion, which means something is triggering the anger. As you do this exercise, you'll begin to understand, okay, I'm getting angry. Where's that coming from? And you can begin to address that calmly. That's a huge thing. And I just happen to pick anger. That's not the only thing. But so that's what this exercise will help you do. It helps you get better in touch with who you are on the inside so that you can begin to express that to those in your life that you need to, your significant others. Because if you can't do that for them, then you can't give them what they need. And that's the best of you. Yeah, that's, and, and, and that other, the significant other, whoever, whomever that whoever is, that is yes. deserve, deserves that. Yes. You deserve it and they deserve it. So, wow, that's, uh, I feel like we went on a beautiful emotional journey today. <laughs> Uh, of self-realization and it's not just about business, but it's that foundation personally what's going on there. We have got the founder of Relationships and Revenue, John Hewlin. John, man, 
Thank you so much for what you brought to the listeners, to myself and my own household today. John, thank you so much. Oh, Brandon, I was honored to be here. Thank you so much for asking me to be on here. I hope that I was able to share something of value to each of you who was listening. And I say this on every podcast that I'm on. If I said something that was meaningful to you, DM me. Let me know. I would love to know about that. If you have questions, please ask me. I respond to all of my DMs. I, I don't, it's not a bot. I don't have somebody else do it. I do it. So it's my voice, my authentic voice that's doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be in the show notes below. So please reach out to John. John, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.